You will sleep better than you have ever slept. You've never been this relaxed. Are you ready to change your life? I'm Rusty Diamond, certified hypnotist. You don't need to leave your house. You can stay in your bed. You can stay in your favorite chair. You just need a computer or your phone. You can get a hold of me. Stay at home. I'll make your life better. Hypnosisisgreat.com It's Rusty Diamond, motherfucker. It's Rusty Diamond, motherfucker. Rusty, what is up, everyone? It is Friday, and uh, yeah, I can say what they say on Friday 15,000 times, and I probably already have on this podcast. There's been a lot of Fridays I recorded, and you know, there's almost 500 episodes here, so I'm sure somewhere along the lines I said something uh, from the movie Friday, but you know how it goes. Everyone knows how it goes, and it's okay, so I'll just leave it at that. Having a sip of tea for the, the working man. Uh, yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, everyone, for being here on the Public Access Podcast, the podcast, the Pennsylvania now, Pennsylvania Public Access Podcast here on the Rusty Diamond Podcast Network. Things just got a lot of goofy. A little goofy. I guess a lot of goofy. It's going to be one of those days. So, yeah, you guys. Let's do this. Because this is this is always something. So before most episodes, I don't know the people. There's a few people I know. But there's another one. Else. I don't know the person. Hey, let's just. Find out what happens. It's like we're going to go and we're going to press record. And I say, hello, hey, I'm Rusty. And then we start talking because this is how I want you to get to know the people that are on my show. Everyone has a script of what they do on their show. It's fine. And people have probably told their story a million times. I don't need to hear that story. I'll probably ask maybe some of the parts of the story. But I want you to know what it's like to have an authentic conversation with this person and why you should get to know this person and find more of their stuff. Go find that episode of them doing that podcast. Well, this is my podcast, the Public Access Podcast. And I'm going to bring on my special guest right here and right now. And my special guest right here and right now is Martin Fletcher. Here he is. And I didn't even ask beforehand if I was going to make sure that I pronounced your name correctly. And I hope I did. I hope I got that correct. Uh, is it Martin Fletcher? Yeah, it's a pretty straightforward name. Hello, Rusty. Cool. 
Hey, thank you for being here. I appreciate you doing the show and uh, not knowing what uh, you're going to be jumping into. So, uh, oh, that's okay. Yeah. Um, so, whereabouts in the world are you? I I saw I I like a picture on your Facebook, I think, and it said St. Paul. And so I was thinking Minnesota, uh, but then I found out that I don't think that's quite right. No, I'm I'm on the other side of the water. So I am I live in a motorhome. I'm driving around Europe at the moment, and I am parked in the south of Albania, just a couple of miles away from the Greek border. And I've been here for a couple of weeks, just enjoying the well. I say enjoying the weather. It's been pretty rough the last few days, but certainly better than back home. So what's Albania like? I was. Uh... I mean, I was just watching a podcast and the guy was talking about Albania and Greece. And um, I don't know, like what, what what attracted you to say, hey, I'm going to go to Albania and go uh, drive around and live around there? There's a couple of reasons, really. Firstly, there's a bit of a bureaucratic reason for it. So since Britain left the European Union, we can now only spend 90 days within the Schengen area, which is the essentially the EU. And so it does kind of limit the amount of time that I can spend in places like France, Germany, Spain, all that. Whereas the countries here in the Balkans, they all have their own visa rules. So I can spend up to three months here in lovely Albania. If you're a Yank, you can spend up to a year here. And so there is quite a big American expat community in the country. Um, what, what are they doing? Mostly working remotely. There's quite a lot of retirees. Um, it's just quite a good base if you want somewhere that's got beaches and mountains, really. And it lets you basically stay here for up to a year. And I think if you want to stay longer, from, from my chats with people... They've said that essentially you need to fill out a form and pay 250 euros and you can essentially stay indefinitely. So, yeah, a lot of Americans here. That seems like a pretty good idea. And then, yeah, being that close to... Uh, so, that, that's, that's still like... So, like, when I think of Greece, I think of a couple of... I think of it kind of being warm, but then I kind of think of it being, like, still kind of, like, kind of north and not that warm is albania kind of in there is it like in the like are you going out like in shorts and stuff most days or or is it uh are you more up in the the mountainous region where probably not so this time of year it is starting to get a little bit colder here so the south of albania this this town that i'm in sarandi it's on a line with kind of the bottom end of italy um, top end of Greece. I mean, if I if I look out my window right now, I can see Corfu just across the water. It's about a mile away. It's certainly, like I say, a lot nicer than back home, but it is starting to get a bit chillier. And if you head inland and go to the mountains, then you do get a bit of snow up there. So when I was hiking up there a few weeks ago, well, yeah, two weeks ago, it was starting to get a bit snowy. But here, it's it's okay. I was out walking in a t-shirt today. Um, but as we move into winter, probably 
yeah, a little bit more the, yeah, jackets and hoodies weather. Yeah. And so uh, are you like paying for a spot then to hook up your, uh, your RV or uh, what was the word that you used? Camper? Yes. Yeah. So, well, we'd probably say motorhome in proper motor- English. <laughs> okay. Motorhome. Yeah. But, cool. But yeah, my, my motorhome, she's called Abby. And in Albania, there are pretty pretty lax rules, really, on where you can park up for, for the time being. I think that's probably going to change in the future. So you can just park up on nice beaches and mountain passes, and you'll tend not to get moved on. But I work remotely, and because of that, I need an electric connection to you know get my laptop working and everything. And... So a lot of the time I stay on the campsites just because they're pretty cheap. You get an electric hookup. The place I'm staying at tonight, well, that I've been staying at for about the last two weeks, it's 10 euros a night, which just trying to think what that might be in dollars. Um, probably a pretty similar amount, probably about 10 bucks a night. And you can't really complain for that amount. So yeah. that, So most of the time I'm on campsites when I'm, heading through this bit of the world so what about food and stuff how does that work is that pretty e- easy to come by or is it uh like do you stock up uh and then go out to the wherever you are is it like far away from town or are you pretty close to town you can go in and go to the grocery store or market or whatever pretty easily where I am here is pretty central. So Saranda is one of the larger beach resorts in the country, which is probably what draws me to it because at the end of the day, I'm a bit basic. I like I like a beach resort. Yeah. There's, quite a, few, there's quite a few supermarkets around and um, got a nice kind of kitchen area in the van, which you can't see because I'll turn my lights off. Um, and... Yeah, quite a few soup. Oh, I lost your audio. So I'll just uh, put in some music here to fill in until the audio comes back on. Because maybe it will. Hello, can you? Yeah, there now? you are. There you are. Uh, we were just yeah. Uh, just wrote back. a symphony real quick and played it. <laughs> so. Right, I should refrain from moving my laptop because it did just unplug the microphone. <laughs> oh, that's all right. As, uh, as you can see, as you can see, I'm an extremely professional podcaster. Hey, aren't we all? I think you know we, we all are extremely professional podcasters. I've had one like, man, like last week, I, I forgot to hit record the whole time. <laughs> the whole time yeah and i think the last time i had this guy on i forgot to hit record as well so like i it records like a lower quality version of it still um with the there's uh this there's this little thing down here that's like a note taker thing and it takes video and notes and you know audio or whatever and translates it all and so there's a copy with that, but it looks kind of shitty. And, uh, you know, I so I, I've had to make sure to even hit record. But this one I hit record and I'm even, uh, yeah, it says stop recording. So I did hit record with this one, but 
I think that's the only time I have not hit record and it's been with the same person twice. So it's, maybe it's, it's just how it is. Obviously just a cursed guest. Yeah, I think so. I think that has to be it. And so, uh, so, but then you have a podcast then too, right? Am I? Yeah, yeah that's that right? right. Yeah, that's right. It's pretty small. I just do it as a bit of a hobby really to, well, keep myself occupied as I'm driving around. I, think i've got about six listeners five of whom are spam bots and one of whom's my mother but perfect your, your, your mother listens to it she does from time to time um mother friendly my, well my my brother as well um he showed me his spotify wrapped for the year and i was his top podcast so there you go approved by my brother as i well. like it that, that should be uh on your show um that's something that yeah. should be like the art proved by, yeah. by your brother and your yeah, mother. Indeed. Um, um, that, that show is called All Points in Between. It's a travel, at the moment, it's a travel podcast. I kind of do, do a few different themes with it. So there's a couple where I do things like travel guides. There's some where I'll talk about travel-related Topics. So I had a guest on talking about the concept of dark tourism a little while ago. What kind but, of dark tourism? What or what what is dark tourism to you? Because I could see that being many different things, many different people. Dark tourism essentially it's traveling to areas that do have a history of something awful happening in that place. The guest that I had on was talking particularly about sites in the UK. So it was sites where there'd been some kind of disaster that had happened and people had ended up dying or there was, I think he talked about some serial killers, things like that. And we were just talking about firstly the concept itself and defining it. And then around the ethics of it, so when it is and isn't appropriate to visit these places that are associated with kind of destruction and death, and yeah, when when that is and isn't okay. Yeah, I, I've heard of this one guy on a on a video say that I forgot what he called it, but he would go to these places like right after something happened because the is super cheap to go there it's fucked up in a way but i mean yeah but i mean if you're you're gonna go you're gonna go well it's a bit like after 9-11 when you could get a flight to new york for about 50 quid really um i I do remember the adverts from the time you you could get very cheap flights (laughs) straight after that and yeah, I mean, sure, there probably wasn't a lot of people do, like, yeah, I mean, there wasn't a lot of people wanting to fly. Uh, I I don't know. I mean, I, and it's hard to believe how long that was. And uh, but I mean, everyone flies now. Uh, I think there's do you fly around at all or are you mostly just uh, through the motorhome or like because I don't know, I, I talk about flying around and uh people on airplanes and uh talking about you know so, airline food and golf jokes and all that. <laughs> so I, Sorry, I no. most i mostly do the motorhome thing these days cool 
I used to fly around more frequently. So I lived in Cologne in Germany for a little while and I used to fly over there to go visiting friends. Um, I haven't really flown in the last about five years or so just because, well, firstly, I'm in the van and generally I can get the van to wherever I need to be as long as I've got the time to do so. And I think it also... I'm trying to tread a bit more lightly in terms of the environment and all that. It's possibly debatable whether you can say that you're doing that when you're chugging around in a diesel, you know, a big old diesel van from 2005. But it's it's something that I'm trying to avoid. Although a couple of years ago, I was driving actually down this neck of the woods, so down the Balkans. And I realised that I needed this thing called an international driving permit, which is something that, as a Brit, I could only get issued to me from a post office in the United Kingdom. I was in Austria at the time, and so I did have to book a flight from Vienna to Stansted in the UK, then get a bus to Luton where my return flight was going back to Vienna later in the day and then run to a post office and get my permit and then fly back. <laughs> that was a long day. Whoa, but yeah. But as a, as a general rule, I try and avoid flying. Yeah, and I mean, not really much need. I mean, you can get, you can go a long way. There's a, I mean, you can go, I don't know, you can go to China, I guess, if you wanted to. That, you can go to Africa. That's certainly on my bucket list is kind of China and Japan might have to wait until the Ukraine war um, goes whichever way it ends up going. Oh, yeah, you probably would have trouble driving through there, huh? um, A little bit at the moment, yeah. So there and Iran, um, which are kind of your two main routes out east, are both a little bit closed at the moment. Okay, I forgot about that. But in terms of Africa, I did I did get to Senegal last winter. So I drove down the west coast of Africa and across the Sahara Desert to Dakar, which was pretty cool. Uh, in the motorhome? Yeah, that's right. Yes, yeah, you get a ferry across from Spain to Morocco. And then there's, well, there's just a road that takes you all the way down through Morocco, Western Sahara, Mauritania, down to Dakar. And so what'd you do down there then? Quite a lot of different things, really. I was, well, doing an awful lot of driving, as you can imagine. I was trying to dodge camels that were crossing the road. Were they the one hump or two hump? The one hump camels out that way. Um, I'm not, I think the two hump ones, I think that's all kind of Mongolia and the Asian step, I think. Kind of what I was thinking, yeah. I think so. But yeah, on my on my way through, so Morocco is the well, Morocco's a very interesting and friendly country. I think a lot of people who are listening to this have perhaps been there or know quite a bit about it. The place that I found particularly interesting was when I was heading further south, was going through Mauritania, because that's a little bit more off the beaten track. But it was 
a very friendly country. Um, unfortunately, alcohol there is illegal, so you yeah have to find. Well, there is the occasional speakeasy, but for the most part, <laughs> don't. Repent. What was what was the speakeasy like there? Very expensive. <laughs> um, they they kind of have them for well. I think they're really for European expats who are living in the country and they kind of turn a bit of a blind eye to it as long as, as, long as you're not, you know, um, and they're getting visibly drunk and wandering out on the streets. But right. I, but it would be pretty difficult to get drunk because a can of Heineken costs, I think it was about 11 euros, something like that. So well... yeah, you, you're not you're not getting drunk in a Mauritania. Well, unless you're very rich, you're not getting drunk in a Mauritania speakeasy. Right. And so, I mean, what, uh, like, did you just park there and then you just, like, hang out during the day and do do your work, uh, log in to whatever? Or were you on holiday then? Or what was what was going on? Yeah, I work remotely from the van. I work as a consultant and usually I'll do about two to three days a week and essentially yeah, so long as I've got a phone signal I can log in and do my work and then I spend the other four or five days of the week going out and exploring and seeing seeing a bit of the world really so when I was in Mauritania I think the most interesting thing I did was there's a train there so there's only one train line in the entire country and it exists to take iron ore from this mine to this port town called Nuadibu and it's the longest train in the world it takes an Eiffel Tower's worth of iron on it each time it runs it's about two kilometers long and if you want to travel on it you can just kind of hop up and sit on a carriage on top of the iron ore and go for a bit of a ride across the desert so that was a pretty interesting way to spend a couple of days so like a, a hobo like a like a, i don't know what the term is like a, the, you know the old guys that, that would go and jump on the train and just go and ride the train uh, don't you don't have to pay a ticket or anything you just sort of hop on there you have a Little stick with a, a little, little knapsack. Bag, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you have one of those, and so it was like that. And you just hop on there and you go. I mean, it's two kilometers long. I mean, who's gonna? Who would even know yeah. you're there? <laughs> yeah. Oh well, it's it's all legit. You are allowed to do it. So the locals also ride on it like that. But um, yeah, because we don't really have a lot of the train hopping over in. Europe and I don't think that much in North Africa particularly but I don't know enough about it but it's certainly the closest that I've been able to get to living the hobo lifestyle I do quite fancy coming to the states at some point and having to go at train hopping is it is it still a thing I kind of I think made a bit of a resurgence in the last little while it seemed like it was kind of went away but I feel like there's more people doing it again um i don't i mean there's a huge train system here have you been to the states 
not really no um when i was when i was in university i studied in canada for about six months and while i was there i while i was there i spent a week in new york so i've kind of seen new york and like all the touristy bits but that's basically my only experience of the states so i think that'd be a bit like if somebody said that they'd visited the uk because you know they'd seen big ben um right it's probably not (laughs) yeah i mean there's a lot of stuff like that like uh with uh with cruises and stuff like uh you go there for seven hours maybe and you're in this you know port town it's like oh man i went to uh i don't know like I, I went to Venice because I parked up in the bay and got off the boat and crammed in St. Mark's Square with 12 million other people. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I, I know everything there is to know about Venice. And, you know, the the, the Venetians, man, they're, you know, like, it's, yeah, I don't know. Because I feel like to really get anything, though, of any place you are, I'm you can't even. I mean, I feel like you need to be Ooh, walking. Yeah, there's a couple cats. There's one over there, and then one here. This is this is Leon that's uh, trying to get stuff, and then old shithead over there is taking a taking a rest. Oh, uh, I've yeah. I've been I've had a few strays in the van as well this week. They are oh, adorable. So do they you you switch them out then when you take off? Pretty much, yeah. I think they probably get a little upset if I took them out of their territory. So usually they hang around and be my friends for a few days, and then I move on, and another camper takes them on. That's cool. but I think so. Is that a thing there? Like what kind of where you are or where you've been? Just stray cats hang around, and uh, you're the stray cat uh, whisperer or something, or I. I am a I am a bit of a crazy cat man, I suppose you could call me, yeah. <laughs> yeah nothing wrong but, with that. But I think I think your point about having to walk around cities and being able to see the place, get a bit further out from the main tourist centres, I think that is a really good point. It's yeah, very important thing to do when you're travelling around. I mean, even driving through something you're going however fast let's say you're even you're going you know 10 15 kilometers an hour you're still going too fast to be able to stop and and say hello to somebody and kind of you know get a feel of what's going on like you 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 can see big ben there's big ben okay well i saw it so all right let's go on to the next thing yeah not even been able to see that for the last few years because it's just had scaffolding all over it. Must have been disappointing for people visiting the city for the last couple of years, but I think it's back now from what I hear. When was the last time you were there? Do you ever go to to London or is that like, were you not from that part of the country? I'm from a bit of the country that's called Sussex, which is on the south coast of England. So Basically, if you drive directly down from Brighton, uh, directly down from London, you get there after about fifty miles or so. But oh, okay. I did live in I did live in London for about seven years, 
pretty much directly running up to COVID happening. And it was because I had to work and all, well, all the work was in London, but it was never a place that I particularly enjoyed. And when COVID happened and all the work went remote, I did take the opportunity to get the hell out of there and buy a van and disappear. I think that was the, you know, it's hard to say it, but like, I mean, I mean, COVID was just such a good thing. Uh, and not to everybody, but to the people who oh, well, were able to yeah. make it good and be able to understand what they're doing and be able to make the most of it. I mean, some people stopped, everything stopped. And it was there there was no didn't seem like there was there was a, a chance to do whatever you want. I mean you always have the chance to do whatever you want, but I feel like it really opened up and became something. I mean like yeah, I mean when when COVID hit for me, I was living like right outside of uh of Minneapolis and like a suburb in Minnesota. And as soon as that happened, job, job left. And so like got a chance, like, okay, well go live anywhere. So ended up moving out into the country and like, it was, I guess this, this is great. I can do what I want now. Like I'm out away from everything. I'm not stuck by the city because before that I was, I, uh, I was living out, um, out in Oregon, like uh, on the West Coast, uh, I was living near the mountain in a, in a town called Boring, which uh, it's a very appropriate know, name. Was yeah. was it as boring as the name suggests? Kind of, yeah. It was pretty great. There was it, it was part of another city called Damascus, but their uh, their government was very corrupt. And they decided, rather than trying to fix it, they a corrupt just, government in Damascus. I, I, right? <laughs> Who would have thought? And they just yeah. said, "We'll just dissolve the whole city," and and that was it. Um, so I we got incorporated into Boring. Uh, what I the sister city of Boring was like. Ah oh man, what was it? I think it was something in in the UK. Um oh no. It's in uh there's Dull and Bland Dull Scotland and Bland Australia are their sister cities. So Oh that, yeah that, that kind of preempted me. I was about to suggest was it dull, but yeah there you go. It it yeah. was actually dull. Huh. It actually was dull so um but yeah man i loved it out there man i had goats and chickens and uh it worked out and then yeah then i went back into the city and then yeah moved to the country and then moved back to the city and then i was like kind of in between and now i'm i'm like back in more of the country area um i don't know yeah i mean i don't want to be going to the city unless i really have to like i was the last place i was i was like an hour 20 minutes from from new york and then like about hour 50 from boston and now i'm like 
but it was still like pretty pretty dense population but now i'm like 45 minutes from philadelphia and 45 minutes from baltimore but where i am right now it's really country so it's pretty nice and don't have to deal with a lot of people which i'm sure has been a nice benefit for you and if you get to too many people you just say well forget you i'm out of here i'm gonna drive off but <laughs> You know, that, that has to be a nice plus. Like, if you don't like your neighbors, you can just pack up and leave. Um, does that ever happen? I've never been at the stage where I've had to leave because I didn't like my neighbors. I think there's probably Beautiful. been some neighbors who've left because they didn't like me. But my first summer of traveling guy was a bit of dick. How so? But, oh, I, I don't know. Just playing my music far too loud and, yeah, being a bit of a pain. Oh, well, what you're gonna do? I think, I think what you said there is quite a good point. It was a good reset, really. Um, as as awful as all of those events were, what we saw in the UK was a huge boom in the number of people who did buy motorhomes and start traveling around a lot more. <clears throat> I think it was partly fueled by the fact that for a long period we couldn't really leave the UK. And so there was suddenly dozens of travel shows on where they all had basically the same premise of a comedian and their parents driving around in motorhome because, well, they didn't really have any other ideas of what to put on the telly. But right. it did. There was just this huge boom in motorhome purchases. I think I got quite lucky with um, yeah, getting Abby just before a lot of that started and probably means she's held her value. So when I eventually get bored of doing this, I might be able to get rid of her for not that much more than I bought her for, but we'll have to see. Yeah, that's a pretty good deal to be able to do that, to live in it for a while, drive it around and sell it for more than you bought it for. Um... Well, I try and look after her. So yeah, we'll see how much of her value she's held. Yeah. And so, I mean, yeah, when you left the UK, were there were you going to spots where it was less of a less restrictions as far as uh, the C word, uh, as far as lockdowns and stuff? Were there or were you staying in places where there were still a lot of restrictions and lockdowns, and or was it kind of letting up at that time or what? That first summer that I set off, so this was the summer of 2020, there was a bit of a gap in Europe between the first lockdowns that had happened in the spring and then everything that came over the autumn and the winter. And there was about this probably three, four-month period where it was possible to be able to drive around and travel a bit. And Actually, that year, I was also driving down through the Balkans, so pretty similar route to the one that I've taken this autumn. It was quite good to get particularly to, well, where I am now, in Albania, because Albania had lower restrictions, obviously, because I live alone in this van. I'm basically in my own little self-contained box. So it was probably less of an issue for me in terms of, you know, catching, spreading anything. I think I did eventually come down with it early 2022. But 
I have been hoping to get down to Greece and then spend the winter down there doing some volunteering. But unfortunately, the borders were all shut to Greece. So I couldn't get there and ended up getting a ferry to Italy, driving up to Austria, where my backup plan was to work a ski season. That also got shut down because as the autumn rolled on, the restrictions got heavier and heavier. So this is at the end of 2020. And then it just got to the point where I needed to go back to the UK because there just wasn't any point in being on the road. And I was in the UK then for, oh, just trying to think now, probably about a year and a half until everything started to ease off and I could start crisscrossing Europe again. And yeah, and then so you then you did you go right to Albania or do you think that, you know, because like, yeah, I mean, I don't know enough about Albania. I remember I think there was a one of the first seasons of The Simpsons, there was a, an exchange thing where there's a kid from Albania that comes to the Simpsons, but don't don't quote me on that. This oh, would have I... been like probably thirty years ago. But uh, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I uh, Albania, like I I don't know. I guess I didn't even think about its proximity to Greece until, which is stupid. Like I, I know my geography pretty well, but Albania is one. I guess it just sort of slipped through the cracks. It just is space. Which yeah, is I think good. it. Yeah, I think it does fly under the radar a little bit. It's taken me quite a long time to get down here, so I usually drive north and south with the weather, and I'm on my way back down right now. So I left the UK early August, and yeah, it's taken me several months to get here, because I just kind of take my time and stop in places. And I think Albania is perhaps one of You'd certainly refer to it as an up-and-coming place in terms of being destination. I mean, I've I've noticed a change just in the three years since I was last here. And when I talk to people, we kind of compare it to a country like Croatia was 20 years ago. So a place that isn't quite a tourist destination yet or isn't quite absolutely booming with people and really expensive. And that is what I quite like about it right now. I think if you come back here in about 10 years' time, it will be a very different place and probably better for it in terms of the quality of life for the people who live here. It will make a difference. But for, for all of that, I'm quite liking visiting it the way it currently is. Yeah, um... Yeah, I mean, I remember, yeah, Croatia, yeah, like, wouldn't have thought, but then, yeah, I mean, but then you look at where these places are, and it's just, you know, oh, that, beautiful that's places. It. That's it, yeah, they're right on the, you know, right on the Adriatic Sea, you get lovely sunshine. Albania is essentially nothing but mountains and then a lovely beach. Um, you can't go wrong with it. Yeah, and... So I mean, uh, so with the American expats, what what are they like? Are they usually kind of to themselves, or are they you know, 
you know, coming in and, uh, you know, not trying to take over, but, you know, trying to, uh, when, when, like when someone says, make yourself at home, you don't really make yourself at home. You make yourself at home to an extent. You, you don't like, yeah, I mean, there's, I don't know, like, I don't know what there's not make yourself at home is not really make yourself at home. What I think, because I'm not going to go and walk around in my underwear in someone else's house, probably. There's a bit of a mixed bag with it, as, as you can imagine, because everybody is different. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. In in the town that I'm parked up in, there is an expat bar that I've been frequenting. And that is very much the place where you do get quite a few Americans and Brits and English is the language that gets spoken there. But I do think that a lot of the people who move here, particularly if they are staying for a longer period, do make an effort to integrate and make local friends and get involved in, in the community. I know there are a few people who I've been chatting to here in Saranda who have been following the local football team who are Albanian third division football, which is about as good as you can imagine when I say Albanian third division. But so, I, did yeah, go, I, mean... I did go watching the game last weekend, and it, it, it was a good laugh and good way to meet the locals. So I'm, what's, what's the turnout? Who is it like just kind of anyone shows up there at these uh, at the football match? Yes. Yeah, some... So with this team who played just down the road, I think they used to charge 200 lek to get in, which is the equivalent of, I don't know, probably about $1.80, maybe $2. And, but, but now they've been relegated to a lower division, and so now they just let you walk in for free. And when I was there, yeah, there were, I don't know, maybe about five or 600 fans, you know, enough to make a bit of an atmosphere with, there was a fellow with a drum and another one with a megaphone to get people going. So, yeah, and it's a good way to... I, I try and do it when I'm parked up in towns. If there's a game on, I'll try and get to it because it's just a good way to get chatting to some of the local folk. Yeah, I think that'd be a good way to get to know people and, uh, yeah, get to, you know, kind of get to see some people in their element and plus, yeah, having it yeah, good. I got this cat just munching uh, over here on a on a cardboard hello. box. You lose me? No, no. Oh, I'm, I'm saying hello. I'm saying hello oh. to your cat. Oh, okay. Hey, Leon. Yeah, he's uh he's really getting at it. He likes chewing on cardboard boxes. They just moved, so um, there's still a lot of boxes because I'm really bad at unpacking. So. But you don't have to worry about that. You don't have to worry about unpacking and packing stuff up very much. Or do you have a step bunch of stuff ready to go? Like if you're like, I'm going to move back into a place that's in one spot. Or are you just, do you have stuff no. stacked somewhere or back with a friend or family or something? Or Not really. I did used to have some boxes of old stuff from when I lived in London in my parents' attic. But gradually, over the last three and a half years, they have nagged me into getting rid of most of it. So 
most of what I own is actually here in the van and I can fit it into about three or four bin bags worth of stuff, which does make moving really easy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'd imagine. I, I like that a lot. Um, just being able to move with that much. It's travel light. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. And I have to hire movers to move yourself. It's like, okay, well I'm here. So I'm done. I'll be unpacked in uh, in a day. So, um, so now I think we we've uh, unpacked the the Barton story. Uh, where are people going to find you? Where can they check out your podcast? Uh, how can people get a hold of you if they want to get a hold of you? As I mentioned, the show that I run is called All Points in Between. It can be found. I think in most places where you get podcasts, although if there is any sites where I've missed putting up the RSS feed, well, it's probably going to happen because I'm quite absent-minded. The show covers, as I mentioned, travel, themes around travel, but I've been doing a lot of history episodes recently, so I've got one coming up about a man called Skanderbeg, who is a hero of Albanian history and I'm going to be doing a bit more of that because well they're the ones that I just enjoy making the most but yeah you can search for all points in between I do have a Twitter feed for the channel but I very rarely remember to update it and I think there's about three people following it but if you do then it's called all point uh, then it's at all points cast and yeah I mostly just use it if I've referenced a photo or an image in an episode. I'll just post it up there. But other than that, not a lot of interactions going on. And I really need yeah. it for it. No. And yeah. e even if you don't listen to it, go and find it on your podcasting app and give it five stars. You do not have to listen to it for a second to do that. There you go. But you can highly on. Yeah, you can listen. You should listen. And, um, yeah, so thank you, Martin, for being on. And, uh, yeah, I hope you get to enjoy the uh, the Albanian life, man. Uh, seems like it's, it's a good deal. Not a, not a bad place to be at all. It's, yeah, not too bad. But, like I say, getting a bit chilly now. So next week I'm heading further south, um, making my way to Turkey. Oh, okay. Well, uh, yeah. I, uh, man. I thought I'd have but a turkey should... joke, but well, I, I oh oh, it's okay. I've already got one in in the in the bag. I'm going to be there in Chris at Christmas, so I will have turkey in Turkey. Perfect. That oh, that yeah. is that is not a very good turkey joke, but um, you got well, the one in the bag. It'll do. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, hey. Well, I uh, hope you have a great rest of your day, Martin. And uh, yeah, man. Uh, we'll we'll talk soon. All right. Yep. Yeah, we'll do. All right. Bye. All right, Martin Fletcher. So you guys, check him out. Check him out. I'll tell you where you can find him. I'll put it in the show notes, and you can go out and find him. And thank you, everyone, for listening here on the Rusty Diamond Podcast Network, right here on the Public Access Podcast, the P Podcast. And that is the show. Man. Boom.
It's Rusty Diamond, motherfucker. It's Rusty Diamond, motherfucker.